I need to give you just a little bit of background for this homily. Just a little bit. There is a term that is only used in Catholic Christian faith. We're the only ones who use it. It is transubstantiation. It is the idea that during Mass, the bread and wine used for communion become, become the body and blood of Jesus Christ. And this philosophical, theological concept is central to our Catholic faith. Indeed, the Catholic Church teaches that the Eucharist is the highest point of the Christian life. The apex, the top, the source, the summit, it is the high point of our Christian life. But a couple of years ago, before the, the great pandemic, a group called the Pew Research Center ran a survey. They do some wonderful surveys about modern life and especially about modern religious life. And that survey found that most self-described Catholics do not believe in this core teaching of transubstantiation. In fact, nearly 7 in 10 Catholics, 69%, say they personally believe that during Catholic Mass, the bread and the wine used in communion are symbols of the body and blood of Jesus Christ. That is a perfect theological answer if you're a Baptist. Okay? Straight up. Been around here long enough to know, I'll tell you the truth. Or I'll make up a story about Mario, I don't know. But, no. What these Catholics are proclaiming is they are symbols of the body and blood of Jesus Christ. Well, you get that to center with the whole sixth chapter of the Gospel of St. John where Jesus says that he is the body and he is the blood. Just one-third of U.S. Catholics, about 31%, say they believe that during Catholic Mass, the bread and the wine actually become the body and blood of Jesus. So, here's my deal. A, th a third of you, statistically, can leave now, go to the restroom, maybe see if there's coffee over in the other building. You're going to have about a 10-minute break. You don't have to pay any attention. You already know and believe this. But I'm asking two-thirds of you to stick around and pay better attention, okay? And you'll just have to select on how you're going to do that. You know, today we have so many different ways of remembering people. And remembering people is important for us to do. People come in and out of our lives in so many different ways. We go to school with some people for a while. We go to summer camp with some people for a while. We work with some people for a while. We live next door to some people for a while. And then, of course, there are those people who are much closer to us. 
and much more part of our lives who die and are gone from our lives for a while. That's a specially poignant sentence on this Father's Day as we remember all the fathers who cannot be here with us in the pew this Sunday. And in all of these cases, with people coming and going, so many times we want to remember the special people. And one of our primary means today of remembering people is we take pictures. Now, I've seen on a number of occasions where somebody in New York City is getting beat black and blue. And what's everybody doing? Are they helping the person? No, they're all capturing it on the Internet. We have photographs. Well, we really don't have photographs. That's a word that really comes out of my generation. In this digital age where we can take a picture with our watch, no, that one doesn't do it. I don't have one that does. We can even carry them around on our phones and on our laptops and on our iPads. We just don't carry pictures like grandmothers used to have these books. And it was called their brag book. And it was their children and their grandchildren and their great-grandchildren. And at, at lunch, they'd all pass around their brag book so that everybody could see how their family had been growing. We carry memories of people who were once part of our lives. One very specific way that I have of remembering, now let me explain this before you all go off half-cocked. Remembering women is by their scent, by their perfume. Now, getting close to 35, 38 years ago, there was a woman I once knew in, in one of my parishes who wore a lot of rose perfume, rose-scented perfume. A lot. She reeked of it. And of course, everybody she knew bought her more for her birthday, for Christmas. I had a feeling that, you know, like some men have man caves and have a, a beer keg on tap. She had a she shed, I'm, I assume, and out there there was rose scent on a draw. I can catch one whiff of that rose perfume. And I start looking for that lady. 35, 40 years later, she's been dead for probably at least 20 years. When we remember some people with monuments, you know, monuments like the Lincoln Memorial, I suppose that the more important people get monuments. Oh, yeah, we'll probably get a tombstone. Granite, about that big. 
but presidents and popes and governors and Renaissance artists and movie stars, well, they get monuments. We remember people in a lot of different ways. Jesus chose to be remembered by us with a meal, with food. Now, this was not because he was Italian or Polish or Czech. If you'd been Czech, we probably had kolaches instead of the wafers. Don't tell any of those people. Jesus was none of those. He was a Jewish man of the first century. Jesus chose to be remembered by a simple meal because it was the same way that God wanted the Passover to be celebrated, to be remembered for his people to reconnect with him. The Passover meal with its roasted lamb, its unleavened bread, its bitter herbs and wine maybe isn't the way that we would have chosen to remember the Passover. But it was what God commanded the Jewish people to do. With that background, it became a very natural progression for Jesus and the early Christians to also remember what God had done through his son, Jesus Christ, with the bread and with the wine taken right out of the center of the Passover meal. This meal, this Eucharist, becomes our connection then to Jesus and to what he has done for each and every one of us. And on this feast day, one of these days we're going to finally get back to green, but on this feast day, the feast of the holy body and blood of Christ used to be known as Corpus Christi. And it wasn't made up by the Chamber of Commerce for the city about, what, 90 miles away down the road. No, it used to be called Corpus Christi. We celebrate this extraordinary gift, this remembrance, this monument to Christ's love and promise to be with us always. I want you to think of something for just a second. If you are in Indonesia or wherever the international dateline is and you begin a new day, Masses begin there, and masses continue all the way around the globe on Sunday, all the way back around to these United States, all across the United States, back out to Hawaii. Think of one thing that is always done every day, every Sunday. It's hard to find another monument that does that around the clock. We celebrate today this extraordinary gift, this remembrance, this monument of Christ's love with Catholics around the world and we promise to remember his promise 
to be with us always. My brothers and sisters, we need this gift. We need the Eucharist in our lives so that we never forget Jesus and what He has done for us. You know, as Catholic Christians, we can be pretty good at remembering. Each year, today, these young people have come to begin another step in their Christian life. They're going to receive their first communion. And that's a great reminder of how special, how special this relationship is, this gift is that we have from Jesus. A couple of months ago, a young child came forward with her family. She did not receive. I just gave her a blessing. And she turned around, came around the baptismal font and skipped all the way out the back door. And I thought, wouldn't that be nice if we saw every Christian skip from the altar back to their pew? If you've got hip problems, you, are, you get a pass on that, okay? I think every Catholic Christian should be required once a year to come to First Communion and to see these children's faces when they make their First Communion. We can't forget that experience, that feeling, that encounter with Jesus for the very first time under what we call in the church the species of bread and wine. It should never become routine, and yet we know it does. We walk down these aisles every week to receive the body and blood of Jesus. And sometimes, I'm sure, we forget what we've come down here for. We can't quite keep our focus. You know, there's Holy Thursday before Good Friday. The Mass of the Lord's Supper. It is truly a very powerful reminder of how important the Eucharist really is. And yet, many Catholics have never been to Mass on a Holy Thursday. You know, it's not a day of obligation. And they miss out. And they forget. And this feast today is about not forgetting and not losing sight of this gift that God has given us. God could have chosen any number of ways for us to remember Him. He could have given us a picture. He could have had Jesus wear a rose scent and then had all of His priests and bishops and deacons wear that each year. But he didn't. Jesus could have had us build a huge monument to what he came to teach us. But instead, Jesus chose a simple meal, bread and wine, transformed into the body and blood, soul and divinity of himself for all time. Let us always take advantage of this gift. May we use it to remember and may we use it to stay connected to God who wants us to be 
at his heavenly banquet in the kingdom of God forever. Amen.